1: podcast exclusive extended version of the NFL strategy show. We're talking single entry three max, our favorite time of the week. A little strategy talk here. We can review as well. The past couple of weeks, we decided that it makes the most sense for us to go back and look at some of these single entry and three max contests. How did they do? What did the winning lineups look like? All of that stuff. And then try and apply that to help us going forward to week five and further. I'm Dave Lachern at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters. That's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Joined by Jazz Raz DFS. You may know him as Ben Raza. And we're doing it once again. Little 25, 30-minute podcast here. Hopefully you guys find this helpful. We really enjoy doing this. I know both of us personally love playing single entry and 3-max contest as well. What's up, brother? How you feeling?
0: Feeling good. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to dive into kind of what we saw in week four and then turn the page to what we might see in week five.
1: Yeah. So, all right. Not a not a high-scoring week in the sense of last week. Last week was was out of control, right? Not Nearing like 300, 280, whatever it was. It was just out of control. But this week was still a fun one for sure. And I, I've got to tell you, looking at some of the lineups that won or that placed well, it comes back to something very similar that we talked about last week, where Tyreek Hill in the Millie maker with Raheem Mostert was actually a Millie maker winner in that 70 point win against Miami with no two attack of Aloha, no runbacks for Denver. Do you think maybe with these concentrated offense, we should just start doing, and obviously we we didn't see Devon A. chain with that huge game or, or last week, but, Do you think in these highly concentrated offense, that is an approach that we should spend more time focusing on where it's like, Hey, there's one running back that gets all the work. There's one receiver that gets a ton of the work. Maybe just plugging these guys in together without anything else makes a whole lot of sense, particularly in these three max and single entry contests. So
0: I I definitely think there's something to that, particularly when the quarterback attached to them is a statue and you know that, okay, I'm going to take almost all of that quarterback's production with these guys. And you know the quarterback's still going to have a good day, but he might get boxed out by other quarterbacks. Because if if you go to someone that has dynamic upside, it can be really difficult to say, like, if Tua in that game ran for 80 yards and a touchdown, there's no way that you don't need him considering how good Mostert and Tyreek were. That's
1: just not going to happen. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but it didn't, and it was just one of those weird games. You know why I like that build? And we're going to get into a little bit of this as well. The reason I've become fond of that build, not all the time. I'm doing it, you know, I I noticed some of my lineups. I'll get to one that placed nicely, nothing crazy, uh, in the red zone. I think 31st place, it was $500, but single entry, I think $50 entry um, placed well. I, I want to get into that lineup a little bit and talk about it. Obviously, it didn't bink, but we can we can discuss that and also the winners in some of these. You know, I'm seeing more and more of that. Last week in the Milliat one, um, you're I, I'm just of the mindset now that you don't always have to do it, but there's something intriguing about the idea of saying, all right, what is the possibility here that a team like the LA Rams through the first to the last few weeks, where yes, 2-2 Atwell's had some involvement. It's not like Tyler Higbee hasn't had any involvement himself, but really, your main men are Puka Nakua for sure, right? And then Kyron Williams, who's just getting so much work in that backfield. Like, what is the possibility that instead of going Stafford pairing him going crazy with like Kyron Williams, Puka, and Atwell, right? And going crazy on that end, what about the thought process of like, hey. Stafford could throw for two touchdowns, but most of the volume goes to Nakua. And then a lot of the offensive production elsewhere goes to Kyron Williams. And that's not the only team. There's a lot of teams. I shouldn't say a lot. There are a handful of teams that are built like that where a running back and one wide receiver can have a huge week. And the quarterback is just fine as a result.
0: And again, again, to uh, Stafford, These guys are not getting there on their own, realistically, like they're going to have production to the skill position players. And if they do in a concentrated offense like that, you can get away with it. And we saw that last week um, where clearly there were other players that you would want outside of your stack, even with two skill position players. So it is an intriguing build, uh, particularly with those type of
1: offenses. It makes me wonder what other teams have that type of build as well. Like if Nick Chubb was still there, you know the Chubb and Amari Cooper stuff could de- could be in play. The problem is the price points. Like with That's with with point. the Rams, it was two mid range players. Yeah,
0: that helps because if if you like, if if it's too expensive, it's just like well that's going to make it really difficult for them both to get there. And if they do, then the quarterback, by like if the quarterback has to throw six touchdowns to get them there, well, then you need the quarterback. But there's some teams that come to mind, honestly.
1: Well, real quick, nice. and, not just, and not just that, but also if that happens and they do get there, is it enough because you have to go cheap at a bunch of other positions?
0: Huge opportunity costs. Like Cincinnati to me is in the gray zone of that right now uh, with Chase and Mixon. Like Higgins is banged up Burrow is banged up. If those two get there, if they get there as a team, it feels like those are the two guys that are absolutely going to get in the mix or even on a lesser scale, you have Tyler Boyd, but I think you just want to make sure that you're not, or you never want to force a build in. If you get there and you see the path, I think it's fantastic. And I know you mentioned already your lineup, which was one of the highest in that single entry contest. It, built up that concept.
1: Yeah. And we'll get to that, but I must say, damn, I didn't even think about Cincinnati. If Higgins is out. That's what I mean. You see, it's the same. It's that
0: same kind of thing. Cause Burrow might not get you there. He's going to be a zero for rushing.
1: If those two guys, they're going to be the entire offense. Yeah. Like what if Mixon has 23 touches and, and Jamar chase has 13 targets. Which is very possible. Yeah. And also, they're not cheap, but it's also not egregiously expensive because Chase is under 8K. Mixon's barely above 6K. That's a doable build and actually one that I think we'll explore as the week goes on. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Look, Joe Burrow and that offense have been horrible, horrible. But they face Arizona this week. They're another week removed from from a bad performance and maybe Joe Burrow heals up a little bit. I like your thinking there. And like you said, don't force it. But if you're getting this, the chase mixing without Burrow lineups could be chalky everywhere else. And that might be enough. Yeah. Yep. So I had a lineup, the ownership, sum on this. And like I said, I think I would finish 30, finish 31st, uh, nice finish, nothing, you know, it's not, I'm not retiring, but fine finish. I figure it'd be a decent lineup for us to evaluate here because the lineup itself had 145% ownership, S- ownership sum. That's not low, right? It's not low, but what I did differently in this, and this was actually using the lineup simulator, by the way, uh, using the lineup simulator. This was one of the, the, the top lineups that I got was Russell Wilson, Josh Jacobs, Kyron Williams, and Puka Nakua. There it is right there. Of course, didn't win, but Cortland Sutton as the single stack with Phelan, Chigokongwu, Christian McCaffrey, and Raiders defense. So Raiders defense stunk. Chigokongwu was the one. Even a decent game from him is probably very helpful, right? A decent game from Chig probably gets me into the top 10, but... I w- would have taken a lot more to win it because the guy up top had uh, 241. Yeah, 241. But then again, 10th place only had 212. So look how, look how small that difference is from, from a top 10 finish to like a 20 to 30 to 35. But
0: yeah, and you see that, you know, when you get to the very... Very, very top of tournaments. You're talking about extremely small edges. You mentioned like, uh, you know, a, a big play from Chig. That changes a ton. Um, You really need to hit on everything. But I, I think on the surface, just looking at that, the core concepts of this lineup and just of the build is really what you want to do.
1: By the way, single stack, no run back. And we're seeing a lot of that recently. We're seeing a whole lot of diff. I'm seeing a lot of builds just be way different than what was winning in the past. It's only four weeks in. I get it. Right. We're not going to overreact, but maybe I'll tell you the truth. Doing this podcast with you has opened my eyes to a lot of builds that are winning, that are different than what we usually go with. And I I think it's really
0: important to, to be open-minded about that stuff. Uh, You're seeing the the game and the league evolve. Uh, different types of quarterbacks, different offensive styles. And with it, you're seeing lineups that unless you really dig in you're you, on the surface, it looks crazy. Like, why would you want to do some of this stuff? But salary wise, opportunity cost wise, I think particularly for three max and single entry, it's, it's something we need
1: to be more and more aware of. Look at the winning lineup in this red zone. Uh, 50K up top. I believe it was Justin Fields, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs and McCaffrey was the pairing you really wanted there and then just hit the right mid-range and cheap players elsewhere. I'm I'm seeing a lot of that as winning lineups. You didn't need it necessarily, but Kyron Williams, Josh Jacobs, Justin Fields, those two running backs and quarterback, Cortland Sutton, Nico Collins, Joshua Palmer. Did Palmer even do anything? Uh,
0: I don't have it in front of me, but nothing super notable.
1: No, because Herbert had two rushing touchdowns.
0: Yes, of course he did.
1: And Keenan Allen had a touchdown. I think those were their only touchdowns. Yes. Joshua Palmer, Cole Komet, Christian McCaffrey, and Bills. So here you have it. A Fields and Komet stack ran back with Cortland Sutton. and, And then there was nothing crazy here. There was nothing crazy in this lineup. Unless you see something that I don't.
0: No, I don't see anything. I mean, I think really the fields, what I found interesting is the commit part of it. Not that you came up. I actually got to commit just because I really liked fields, but just that type of stack for that is very interesting. The way he built that. they built that.
1: Here's why I don't hate it. As, as bad as fields had looked, the Denver defense had looked equally as bad as the Chicago offense. And Cole Komet was someone that over the second half of last season was like the the tight end six or the tight end seven. And while he's going to have a lot of really bad games, he showed that he can go out there and actually have those two touchdown performances. Week nine and week 10 of last year, two touchdown performance. Week four this year, two touchdown performance. Obviously, the stars have to line, and these performances are going to be few and far between. But Cole Komet is still somebody that, you know, six and seven targets in weeks one and two. Week three was just an utter disaster. Nine targets in week four. It's a weird build in that you're not going DJ Moore there. But I really don't hate it because as far as touchdown equity goes, if Justin Fields is going to produce and it's not going to just be with his legs, Koko from a touchdown perspective, has as good a shot as anyone, a better shot really, as anyone on the team when they're in the red zone.
0: Yeah. And listen, you're not going to find an argument for me. That was one of my better uh, positions of, of last week was getting to uh, certainly more and, and commit just because of that. It was just, yeah, yeah it unlocked the ability to pay up at running back twice. That's what really did it, you know, to yeah, have the money, right. you needed a cheap stack. And to get a cheap stack, you needed probably to pay down certainly a tight end and a quarterback. And you nailed that. It allows you that money. It all comes together like a puzzle
1: it really does yeah and then you know you're you end up getting to guys that don't have to be contrarian plays jacobs mccaffrey kyron williams palmer not that palmer is good but you get my point like palmer was getting some ownership most of those most of those guys were not just unowned at all i'm actually running the contest simulation for the, the post-contest simulator for the, if you want to do it with me, the 100K to first spy, the 500K spy, mm-hmm. we'll see what we get there. While that runs, by the way, guys, um, if you're in one of these six states, please listen up because you'll, you'll regret it otherwise, I promise you. If you're in Colorado, Virginia, Ohio, New Jersey, Iowa, or Kentucky, Bet365 is in your state. Those are the only six states that Bet365 is in right now. Now, Bet365 has been around forever, but they've just recently introduced themselves to the States. They've been saying it's coming to PA forever now, and I'm still waiting on that. If you bet $1 on Bet365 when you sign up, we put the link that you need in order to get this in the description of this podcast. If you bet $1, you're getting $365 at Bet365. It's that simple. Here's what you do. You go on, you click the link, you sign up, verify yourself, takes a couple of minutes, tops, right? Everyone has a couple of minutes in a day to make 365 bucks. Once you do that, go ahead and deposit 10 bucks, but you only need to bet one of them. That is it. 10% of your $10, $1. Ben, my recommendation was just put it on a wild parlay, right? Am I right?
0: Why not? I mean, worst case scenario, you got... $364 coming back to you. Like, (laughs) I mean, I think you're going to be all right. And you
1: still have nine of the 10 that you deposit. Oh, yeah. That's a wild parlay. If you hit it, you're just, you're ecstatic, okay? You're elated because now you've got a huge parlay win and you've got 365 on Bet365. If you lose, you're still getting 365 coming your way. That's all it is. Any other place in the world, any other situation you run into in life, in the event that someone ran this offer across the table and said, hey, for a dollar, you get 365, you'd go, okay, where do I sign? And then you run away quickly before they can change their minds. Colorado, Ohio, Virginia, Kentucky, Iowa, and New Jersey. If you're in those states, take advantage of it. I can assure you, because they've done this once or twice before, this will disappear quickly. Get in there, have another sportsbook to bet, and just up your bankroll out of the gate at Bet365. Must be 21 years or older to gamble. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. The Spy. 100K up top. The winning lineup. Who was it? Let me see see his name. It was... All-in King 17? Mm. Yeah. Okay. All in King 17. What's that? Josh Allen lineup. A Josh Allen lineup. Oh, okay. Wow. Josh Allen with Stefan Diggs had to be. Diggs had three touchdowns on seven targets. You realize that? Yeah. I mean, it was. When you get, you know, that's just
0: that's the Gabe Davis formula like when you attach yourself to a high octane offense sometimes the touchdowns just they they happen to go to one guy like
1: that. So McCaffrey was in this lineup, which is really impressive. Josh Allen, McCaffrey and Diggs. How about that? I mean, look at the pricing on the rest of this lineup. So, yeah, I mean, this is where
0: you're banking on okay the raw points for my big four are going to be so extreme that I are big three rather. I, you know, I can kind of just say everyone else
1: just, just chip in. And then he, he hit a chain. He nailed a, now that was his run back, by the way, let's not forget same game there. Uh, far be it for me to knock a lineup that wins that much money and I'm not, but do you like this build or no? So, I have no problem
0: with the build in the sense that I, I think there's nothing like illogical. You've got a, a, a three man bill stack. Yeah. A double one...
1: stack with Kincaid and, and Diggs.
0: Yeah. A double stack with, with those two, you're bringing it back with a dolphin, which I think makes sense. You've got the best player on the slate in McCaffrey. Nico Collins is fine. Calvin Austin is fine. Josh Palmer was one of the more popular plays in the Ravens defense. So I, I think it comes together. I think it's, Kind of an awkward build in the sense of you're, again, you are drawing to three guys being like, they need to get me well over a hundred. When I look at this lineup, Josh Allen, McCaffrey and Diggs have to get you over a hundred to really be in business.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what? They did.
0: They they, absolutely did.
1: Which is the crazy thing because Kincaid had like 6.7 fantasy points. Palmer had 10.7. Uh, what was the other one? Calvin Austin? Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, the Calvin Steelers Austin probably had five or six. He had five points. That's crazy. Think about that for a second. Look at this lineup. It was Allen McCaffrey, a Diggs, and Nico Collins all had really nice games. And then Calvin Austin was a five. Kincaid was a six. Palmer was a 10. That is where though it's,
0: it's super difficult to like conceptually grasp this stuff, but that's where it's like, okay, combined McCaffrey and Calvin Austin got you 60. Yeah. right. And that works. It's better than all the two V2s that are balanced.
1: It's a great point.
0: Yeah. You're absolutely right. The only way to get to McCaffrey.
1: Yep. Yeah. And between Allen McCaffrey, H, uh, HN and, and Diggs and Collins, you're, I you're mean, like you're 200. what? You're basically at 200?
0: Yeah. Amazing. And it seems, you know, when you, when you look at it, it's like, give me two guys in the mid range that give me, you know, they give you a 24 each, really, really good payoffs. That doesn't beat a 50 burger by McCaffrey. And then whatever you get as the bonus punt play.
1: What's the saying? That many ways to skin a cat.
0: That is Why a saying. Why are people
1: skinning cats? I don't
0: know. I don't. i That's not a saying that I use. But uh, well, you're familiar I'll, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, there's
1: name. more than one ways to skin a cat. I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. And that's Why are we out there skinning true, cats? True, but yeah. <laughs> well, no, it must be true. It must come from somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere, but. Should we wrap this one? I, I got I love breaking this stuff down to see what what these lineups look like. And by the way, a lot of this stuff is still applicable for for large field stuff, or, or for uh, this is a large field. You know, that was still hundred k to first. It's not Millie maker field. This is the type of lineup though in the spy that I would be expect to win the Millie, honestly, just because it's so boomer bust. It's like a hundred or zero. It's probably a little over leveraged.
0: Um, and I I'm more than guilty in that. At times. So uh, but yeah, hell of a lineup.
1: For what it's worth, our post-contest simulator did have this as a positive, you know, sim yeah. uh pre pre-simmed ROI was was 22 percent So yeah, it's it's there. By the way, um, not that it really matters, but look at the second lineup. Chuba Hubbard, Darnell Mooney are in there, Alvin Kamara, Mark Andrews. Holy crap, dude. Those Not are bad. AJ Brown, just from an ownership standpoint, 60% ownership sum.
0: Now that is definitely over leveraged. Um, that lineup
1: is so wild. Second place, by the way, for what it's worth. But I I don't think in any world I could have landed on that. Yeah, I don't even
0: understand this lineup. Um what In, do well, the you Cowboys understand? defense. What don't you understand? <laughs> no, no. Just like when I look at it, like no McCaffrey uh, fields with the wrong, the only bear that you probably like, you know, you w- w- prefer more or commit just different. It, it, you know, this is one where you just look and it. It's yeah. You, you just picked a bunch of guys and they almost all came through The the Andrews Collins, AJ Brown quietly had a monster game. He had like, what, Um,
1: 178-2 and or something?
0: Yeah, so like you – this is the way to get past McCaffrey,
1: obviously. Yeah, just throw something wild in there. Yeah, but
0: that's hard to do.
1: For week five, if you're looking at single entry, three-max stuff, are there any spots – look, we have the first look show to where you and I can both be like, hey, these are the quarterbacks we like, these are the stacks, you know, these are the – are there any specific builds early on? Any specific spots that, that, that intrigue you? You know, earlier today on our YouTube show, which you can be, find it here on the podcast platform as well, all of our stuff outside of these two podcast exclusives from Tuesday and Friday are on the Stochastic YouTube channel, S-T-O-K-A-S-T-I-C. If you guys want to come join us over there and see our lovely faces. um, But, you know, I asked you, would you play Mahomes naked without, a, without any pass catchers? Uh, would you do anything different? What are you looking at this week that might stand out? I know we still got a few days before the slate kicks off. Yeah, I mean, you
0: can always look to mix it up. We'll see with injuries. I think one thing I'm exploring is trying to pay up at running back. It's very weak uh at running back. You've got Noah McCaffrey, Saquon is banged up. Bijan Robinson, Derek Henry, those are the type of guys I think for most people, they're gonna look at this slate and say, Okay, big time quarterbacks. I need their big time receivers. I would love Kelsey. Maybe I go get a D and they're gonna say, okay, I'll, I'll get two mid range running backs. And that makes a lot of sense. What if one of them, I'm not saying McCaffrey level. But what if one of them goes nuts has 38 has 41 that could change the look of your build. And so with that, if you plug those guys in and work backwards, I think you get really interesting three max
1: builds. You get some really interesting ones that I think many people are going to try to shy away from for sure. Um, You're mixing and Jamar chase. If Higgins is out call from earlier, Uh, that's super intriguing to me. Uh, Go ahead. I mean, if you want to get real crazy and I'm
0: talking, and this better be large field, Boyden, Boyden, uh, go ahead. I mean, you, you could stack Arizona and go double run back.
1: Yeah, that, like in the event that this game somehow shoots out. So say you go like
0: Dobbs, Hollywood, and Ertz, and then you go Boyd-Mixon on
1: the bring back. You have a ton of salary left. Yeah. And that offense is already highly concentrated with Higgins. If Higgins is out, that changes a lot. Now you just have to hope that Burrow isn't total dog shit again. That's yeah, what it comes if down that's
0: to. that's the case. You're you're gonna lose no matter what you do with Cincinnati.
1: Well, also if Burrow has been playing well, Jamar Chase is 8800, not 7800, and Mixon's north of 7K, right? A hundred percent. There's a baked in discount to the unknown here and to the poor performance early in the season. What about something like this? What if ownership? Proje- what if our ownership projections over at Stochastic.com come out, and Devon Hn is just way higher owned than Raheem Moster? Same price and most, is just left for dead after what we've seen last week. That's, again, HN, <laughs> uh, we talked about this
0: on the first look, more in depth. He is running unsustainably hot, unsustainably hot with every touch. It's crazy. And that's going to regress. And I think right now almost everyone's feelings are he's taking control of that backfield, which could be true, or they could have just been blown out by the Bills and it was a specific game script. They are a huge favorite at home against the Giants. Maybe the pendulum kind of swings back the other way, and a guy like Mostert is a little underowned this week.
1: What if we were to take the time machine back to week two? Uh, okay. Or week, week three, I'm sorry. Week three was the Miami Broncos game. Yes. And we go, Tyree kill Raheem Mostert, no Tua. No run back.
0: Yeah, that would have been good. I wish we could do that.
1: No, for week five.
0: Oh, oh, you're saying for week five? Same I mentality. Think, I think it's
1: in play again. I don't. I I don't see why there couldn't be ample opportunities inside the ten yard line for for and these he, running backs.
0: So the good thing uh, that Miami's proven, because my first thought when you do that is like, well, you need you need a run back because you need the Giants to cooperate like the need to push, but they'll keep their foot on the gas. They will. You don't need the run back. They've proven they are They have 55 to three equity. That's college (laughs) football mentality. Like when Alabama plays a little, a little school, you don't say, Oh, I want to stack up Alabama, but I got to find the run back. You just say they might score eight touchdowns and I'm going to try to grab four or five of them. And that's, that's what Miami is at home. I mean, how could you not like that? Coming off a rough loss? Yeah, Miami's going to be, I mean, they're. I did a Survivor video over on Odd Chopper. I talked about them. They're over minus 500 already on that money line. <laughs> Big, <laughs> biggest favorite of the week.
1: Before we get out of here, your final thoughts on week five from a single entry three max. I think we did a great job of breaking everything down for week four, recapping it. Final thoughts maybe any tweaks, any, as you like to call them, twist lineups that you want to throw in there that could be great for this format going into the Sunday? I think there's a couple games that right now have potential
0: to change the slate. Houston and Atlanta is one. And then the Colts game, Tennessee and Indy. Both of those games are in domes. All four of those teams at at various points have had really playable top-end guys. And I would say for the most part, not garnering a ton right now of interest so i look at those two games i think some of my three max and single entry certainly twists or even stacks are going to come out of those two games and i think they could be i'm going to use the broncos uh and the bears analogy from last week that type of game that isn't the most popular stack but is one of the most effective stacks
1: Appreciate you guys hanging with us as always. Come find us on YouTube, Stochastic YouTube, S T O K A S T I C. Ben on Twitter, Jazzrazdfs, J A Z J-A-Z-Z-R-A-Z, Z R A Z double Z single Z dfs. Mia lafi underscore d, L O U G H Y underscore d. There's a fun one, man. I like these. These are fun. These are actually very informative for myself as well. Same same for me. It's it's super fun to to break this down. You see things you wouldn't normally say. And we'll see you guys back here next Tuesday. Podcast exclusion exclusive version of the strategy show. Peace.